0: Hello and welcome to the Rough Draft podcast, season nine, episode six, your favorite literary filmographical and cultural podcast here at York College of Pennsylvania. This week, we're talking to professors and students in the film and theater departments here at York College of Pennsylvania. And our first guest is theater professor, Suzanne Dell. Professor Dell, thanks for coming and talking with us today.
1: Thanks so much for inviting me.
0: So what specifically is your field of study and what kind of classes do you teach here at York?
1: That's a really great question. I actually have, um, well, I had an undergraduate degree in theater. I have a master's degree in arts administration and I have an MFA in directing. So I teach a lot of different things. (laughs) I teach arts administration. I teach performance classes. So acting, directing, devising, which is play creation as a group. And then I also teach playwriting and Shakespeare sort of tangential to my study, but things that I've, that I've worked on throughout my career. It's a lot. <laughs> it is a lot. I like it though. I have to say every semester is different for me. I'm, I'm really doing the same thing twice. And you know, I think when you become a college professor, you have an interest in learning. And so being at your college, it allows me to you know, dabble here and dabble there and share all of that with students.
0: So what first got you in t- interested in the world of theater?
1: Well, legend has it that my mother took me when I was five years old to an audition for community theater production of The Wizard of Oz in my hometown. And apparently, I came out first time ever on stage, walked directly to center, and did my amazing monologue, which was I'm a little teapot, and landed the role of the smallest munchkin. So I crawled out from underneath the good witch's dress in that big scene. So that was my introduction. And it was something. There was this professional children's theater in my town that was run by this temperamental, <laughs> you're not allowed to do this everybody. but you see, yell and scream at us, this temperamental director. And I, I worked with them through all my childhood and teen years. And they did big cast musicals. I cannot sing. I cannot carry a tune. I can't even like understand music. Like, it's all beyond me. So, I was always like Gretel's best friend. (laughs) So, because I could hit my mark, remember my lines, I was reliable, all of that. And I loved it. I grew up, my mom was a single parent, and every night, every summer, every weekend, I was doing theater. So, it kept me out of trouble, it kept me focused, and, and I made so many friends and memories. I never thought it was gonna be a career. It never really occurred to me, basically because I can't sing and you're taught that you have to be a triple threat to have a career. So, so I went to college and I did not major in theater at first. First I was a psychology major, then I was a communications major, and then finally my mother said, it doesn't matter, don't, don't tell my students this. But it doesn't matter what you major in. <laughs> You'll get a job. And I was like, "Oh, okay, so then I'll major in theater. And, and again, like I, I majored in theater. I you know was president of the student club, I directed on the main stage, like I did, like all that stuff. And then I went home and I got a job in an office. Like it, again, it was sort of like, well, that's done. And I was really, really unhappy. And I thought, well, if I'm working in an office, Why am I not working in a theater office? Like, I didn't know how to make that happen. I grew up in New Hampshire, so it's not like there's like lots of theater companies or whatever. So that's when I went to get the master's in arts administration because I thought this will help me figure out if I'm going to like push paper around and do a lot of stapling. I'd rather do that in a theater than somewhere else. And that, that master's really did explain the industry to me and catapult me Um, with that master's i moved to new york city i worked for two off-broadway theater companies that developed new work which got my got me interested in playwriting and playwrights and really um sort of made me realize that there are careers in theater beyond the the broadway actress
0: so york isn't really known for its theater department even though it is a really amazing department i've seen a couple shows here before covid what drew you to York?
1: You know, so I was in New Hampshire teaching at a college up there, and I saw the advertisement for York and I applied. What drew me honestly was at the time they hired myself and one other person. Because let's face it, theater is not given a lot of play at small liberal arts colleges, right? There are other departments that get the attention. And I'd worked at a couple of those colleges. So I thought, wow, if they're hiring me and another person at the same time, this is a place that cares about the arts. So I specifically came to York, Pennsylvania to work at York College because I felt like they would support the work here. And they have, the administration has supported me expanding the curriculum to include things like devising theater, like, you know, like, what even is that? They totally support that. They support me, you know, we just did an hour long Macbeth. It's okay, I can say it, we're not in a theater. You know, that we live streamed, like they, everybody is so supportive here of the art. And since I've been here, the students have gone on to work in professional theaters. So while, you know, while we're not Yale or Juilliard, I get that, we are now a really lovely small, liberal arts school that someone who has an interest in theater but isn't quite sure can come and explore and get a job after graduation.
0: What first got you interested in teaching?
1: Directing. I think directing and teaching are really, they go hand in hand. It's sort of the same skill set. After I graduated with my undergrad degree, I actually applied for a directing job that I was completely unqualified for, right? Like I'm 22 years old. What do I know? And the guy said, you're completely unqualified for this, but we have an after-school program. Would you be willing to teach in the after-school program? And of course, I just wanted to get my foot in the door. So I said, yes, 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 I will do that. And that's how I started teaching. I started doing summer camps, after-school programs. And I really enjoyed little children, teenagers, but I knew after a while that... The population that I really wanted to work with were college students. It's because you're adults, you're young adults, you can think a little bit more critically about the work, you have a little bit more passion and drive you know, to, to be on a professional level rather than you know, a 10 year old, but it still can be fun. So that really became my goal after a while to sort of marry the, the teaching that I was doing with the directing that I was doing at this level.
0: What's the common misconception that you hear about the theater field or students in the theater field?
1: That there's no jobs. That they're going to graduate and have to know, would you like fries with that, right? Like, that's it, right? Okay. I do not agree with that at all. I'm not going to say I've never been a waitress. I have, but I was a waitress very specifically during grad school. So not when I was trying to be an actor or director. Um, So I started an arts administration minor here. And that's really the key. If you have either theater tech skills or theater administration skills, you will get a job right out of undergrad. Will you get an acting job? Probably not, but for example, we had a student who graduated, you know, before COVID and got a job at a theater company in Baltimore working with in the box office. She, uh, she worked with subscribers. So she was the subscription manager. She helped them get their tickets. But she's in baltimore so before everything shut down she was in two plays in baltimore while she had her day job doing subscription ticket management so that's the key so yeah so i think the biggest misconception is oh you'll get this theater degree and you'll never work and i prep my students they all know how to get jobs so yeah
0: all right what's one way that you would say instruction has changed since you first started teaching Oh, goodness. Aside from the obvious changes this year.
1: No, no. I started teaching um, back in 2006, actually. Um, I've only been here for six years, but I was um, at schools in New England. It has very much changed. I think that today's student needs more time to digest material. So in the past, I might have, um, okay, we're gonna read, you know, three plays and, we're going to you know do all we're going to have a final exam we're going to have a midterm you're going to write all these papers and i just think that's not possible with today's student they need time to read one play and really dig and then they don't need a multiple choice midterm like that's not how your generation is learning your generation is hands on so i started to add things like make a tiktok video or do a presentation, you know. Oh, I did podcasts in my Shakespeare class in my Shakespeare class last semester. So, creating assessments and, and assignments that allow students to show their knowledge that don't involve a number two pencil and a blue book.
0: Yeah, I'm, I remember in the um, playwriting class last year uh, that or last semester that I took with you, we did a lot with like media and using media as inspiration to write. Uh, yeah. I think that definitely helped me
1: good yeah I I just think yeah this from the students way back to the students now you just learn differently
0: what's one thing that you would like a future student to know about York
1: I think York is a great place to come to explore right like you can take theater classes and art classes and still be a nursing major and because we've had theater minors that are nursing majors so we're flexible enough and nimble enough to adjust people's courses of study to make all of those things work for our students um you know we have personal relationships with our majors so that if i know that you know a certain student wants to be a scenic painter this happened two summers ago you know i have a student that started as an art major because she paints but didn't like the isolation of that and wanted the community of Theater, so so she became a theater major, but you know she didn't really know you know what do you do with that? Well, you become a scenic painter, and then because I'm from New Hampshire and they have a lot of summer stock up there, at the very last minute someone was like, oh my scenic painter dropped out. Does anyone know a scenic painter? I'm like, I know a scenic painter. So it's those personal relationships sent that student up to New Hampshire for the summer. They they worked at this summer stock theater painting all the sets. I drove up because I'm from there, right? So I got to visit my mom and my friends and the student and see their work. I just think that's what we do at your college. We allow you to to explore and we take a personal interest.
0: What's a piece of advice that you would give to seniors graduating in theater, aside from that there are jobs out there?
1: (laughs) Well, be patient. Again, just because you want to be a performer, don't, be upset if the first gig you get is in the box office. It's all about connections. It's all about relationships. And and the other thing is, I think there's this pressure of like, if I'm not performing or designing or directing at 22, I haven't made it. And again, I was 22 thinking, you know, thinking I was going to be a director. And the guy was like, you're near 22. Why don't you teach a class? I was like, oh, okay. And exactly. There are so many ways So that would be have patience, take the opportunities that are given to you. One of the things that happened when I was, you know, younger, I got a job at a dance studio, you know, okay. And I was the bookkeeper basically. But I talked the woman who ran the dance studio into me starting acting classes there. So, you know, it's about taking advantage of opportunities and making your own opportunities.
0: So we'll move away from academics for a little bit. What's something you like to do on the weekends and in your free time?
1: About theater. like there is no free time right because we do shows at night and on the weekends and all that i have to say a positive for me about covid and the theater shutdown is i haven't had those pressures to always be seeing a show so um a couple things that i like to do that i've sort of discovered um i i am a runner or i used to really be a runner um they of course you can't do like Races, though they're starting to come back. But you know, do a 5K, get a medal. I'm all for that. But when COVID happened, I had my fiance build me a tap board, which is basically wooden board that you tap dance on, so that you don't ruin your floors. So I've been doing that for fun. I know it sounds so weird, probably. But when I was a teenager, I took tap, and I totally like stopped doing it. And I thought, why not? So yeah. So running. Tapping, those are the things I like to do.
0: (laughs) What's something that your students probably don't know about you?
1: I think my students honestly know everything about me. They, I mean, they know that I have seven cats. That's a sad thing about me. I do have seven cats. I love animals. They know I'm from New Hampshire. I share a lot because we ask theater students to share back, right? So what might they not know? They might not know that I was born in California. And um, I was born in San Francisco and I'm actually, my name, my first name, Suzanne. I'm actually named after a Leonard Cohen song, Suzanne, which was made famous, a uh, Judy Collins sang it. And my parents were hippies in San Francisco and they named me after this song. So they might not know any of that.
0: And what would you say is one of the most rewarding experiences you've had at York or in your career in general?
1: You know, that's really hard to answer because everything that I do is the most rewarding, right? Like in some way. So like we just finished Macbeth, that was super rewarding. And now I'm going to uh, work on this other play with students. And I'm sure if you ask me in four weeks when that's over, I'll be like, that was the most rewarding. That's sort of the mindset you have to have with theater. You can't live in like, oh, you know, in the past I did this. I just have to, you have to constantly think about the next thing, so that's a non-answer to your question.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we want to thank you for coming on and talking to us today.
1: Thank you so much.
0: And our next guest is film professor Dr. Ian Olney. Dr.
2: Olney, thank you for coming on.
3: My pleasure.
0: So to get started
2: here, uh, what, what specifically is your field of study and what do you teach at your college?
3: Well, my degree is in English. I have a Ph.D. in English, uh, but I teach film studies here at the college. So uh, courses that focus on film history, uh, film genre, directors, different periods in uh, film history specifically, uh, and uh, of course Intro to Film, which just introduces students to a bunch of different kinds of movies and a bunch of different ways of looking at film.
2: What first got you interested in film?
3: Uh, Well, I've always been interested in film. I grew up loving movies, uh, but I didn't become interested in it as uh, an area of academic study until kind of late. I took some film classes in college, uh, which I really enjoyed, but uh, I majored in English in college, and I originally uh went to graduate school uh, to study literature. I, I, I thought that I was going to get a degree uh, in English and and teach literature. And uh, that's what I did uh, for my, my master's program. I went to the University of, of South Carolina for my master's degree and really focused on literature the whole time I was there, 20th Century American Lit. During uh, my time in the master's program, just because of my own interest in film, the movies I was watching, conversations I was having with professors there who were doing work in film, I, I just I became more and more interested in it as an area of focus academically to the point where when I started applying for PhD programs I looked for programs that would allow me to get a degree in English since that was the path that I had already kind of started but allow me to focus on film and I found um, a great program at the University of Nebraska in, in Lincoln uh, that was an English program, but that had a film focus, so that I was able to take classes, graduate-level classes in film, and write my dissertation uh, on a film-related topic.
2: Yeah, so almost like a dual major sort of thing, or yeah.
3: I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't, it technically wasn't a dual major, mm-hmm. but what it did was it gave me the ability once I graduated to really teach either literature mm-hmm. or film. Um, and I, I think that, that that may have given me a leg up when I went out in the job market and I was interviewing th- with different schools, um, I could sort of sell myself as, as a, a faculty member who could do, do both, even though my focus was really in, in film. And um, that's kind of what I've done here. I've taught mostly film here, but I do teach a literature and film class every year. Uh, and I've taught composition. I've taught intro to literature. I've taught you know, intro to theater. So I've done some different things, even though my, my specialization is film and my, and my teaching focus is really film.
2: It's definitely a shout out to a uh, literature and film class. I was, took it last semester and it was a great good class.
3: It is, <laughs> it's a fun class to teach. Uh, it's different every time, but we're always looking at adaptation. Uh, and talking about how books, you know, novels, short stories, plays, works of nonfiction are turned into movies. And it, I think it really um, teaches students a lot about literature and film separately. You know, what makes them different as media, but also the relationship between the two, which is a, a very long-standing relationship, as you know, having taken the class. John.
0: Yeah. So what drew you
2: specifically to York College?
3: From the time I decided that I wanted to be a teacher, I really wanted to end up at a place like your college. Uh, I knew that I didn't want to teach at a big state university, you know, with tens of thousands of students. Uh, those universities, the faculty, they were really focused more on research anyway. I was, I was interested in research, still am interested in research, but primarily interested in teaching. And so I wanted to be at a teaching institution. Uh, and I wanted to be at a smaller school uh, that was uh, maybe a bit like the school that I went to for college—a small uh, private art, private, you know, private liberal arts type, type school with just maybe a few thousand students, so that I could really get to know the students I was teaching. Um, it wouldn't be, you know, like I was when uh, you know I, I taught as a, a grad student in my MA in my PhD program. I would. I would have some students in multiple classes, but most of the students I taught, I would have in one class and I would never see them again because the schools were just so huge. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I like about your college is that even if a student in my class isn't majoring in film and media arts or minoring in film studies, I still might see that student in another class. It's maybe a, a class that they're taking for gen ed credit, or maybe just I'll see them around campus and have the opportunity to say hello. So that's one of the big appeals about your college for me is the, is the size, the focus on a kind of liberal arts education and the, and the focus on uh, teaching and, and um, professor-student relationships.
2: It's something a lot more personal yes for sure for sure what first got you interested in teaching
3: uh that's a great question i've often wondered myself i don't know that i have a great answer for that um other than you know from the time i was a junior or senior in high school there was something about it that just appealed to me you know maybe i think for every teacher there's a little bit of an ego thing you know knowing something that somebody else doesn't know and imparting that wisdom and i guess there was that appeal but it was also just I, i think I really like the process of learning, and you know, in in thinking about possible careers that would allow me to continue learning and being around other people that were learning, um, there aren't many professions that can be teaching, and that's why I love it. I mean, I I I do know things that I I share with students um, that maybe they. They, they didn't know, but they know after taking my class. But I'm also continually uh, continually learning myself. Um, I, I learn new things about film all the time, directors, film history, and that sort of thing. So I feel like you know it's given me the opportunity to continue my lifelong learning journey, in addition to sharing some of the things I know with, with students. So I don't know if there was like an aha moment when I was a teenager in high school or in college where it just sort of clicked for me, but um, From a relatively young age, I just sort of knew that this is the kind of environment that I wanted to be in professionally. Uh, And teaching just made, made sense for that reason as a career choice.
2: Have you taught anywhere else before your college?
3: Uh, Just as a graduate student uh, at the the universities where I studied, um, so I was uh, a graduate teaching assistant at University of South Carolina for a year, and then uh, a teaching assistant, a TA at University of Nebraska for two years, three years maybe. And it was actually nice because unlike um, some other universities where being a teaching assistant really means assisting the professor who's actually teaching the class, you know, leading study sessions or grading papers, I was actually solely responsible for the classes that I taught. Um, so I got a lot of experience really quickly in that role uh, as a TA, and that's been uh, really helpful, especially when I first started um, here and giving me sort of an idea of what to expect. But again, they're the institutional differences. Um, the schools that I you know, taught at before I came here were just really, really different. Uh, schools. Um, and I have to say, in addition to that, I did spend a year teaching at a college in uh, Columbia, South Carolina, between my master's degree and my PhD called Benedict College, which is a, a, is a historically black college. Really interesting experience. I was there for a year. Um, I taught literature and composition mostly, but the students were terrific, and I had a great experience teaching there as well. So. That's part of my resume, um, too. This is my first, though, real professional teaching job. It's the first job and the only job that I've had as a professor since earning my PhD.
2: What is the common misconception you hear about your field in film and your students in general?
3: Right. Well, I mean, probably the biggest misconception among students who haven't taken a film class before and maybe also you know folks outside the the world of of college education and college academia is that you know if you major in film or minor in film or take a class in film you basically spend all your time sitting around watching movies munching on popcorn that sort of thing, the way that we the way that we watch movies, uh, you know, when we're not in class in school as a form of entertainment, Um, I can't tell you how many times I hear from friends or from people that I meet when I tell them what I do, um, that, you know, it must be the greatest job in the world, you just sit around and watch movies. And of course, you know, having taken the film class, Mm -hmm. Uh, that nothing could be further from the truth. We're actually studying film in these classes the way that you would study literature in um, a a lit class. So we're looking at these films analytically, we're watching them very actively as active viewers rather than sort of passively consuming them the way that you do when you go see a movie at the multiplex or you cue something up on, on Netflix. So it's not just sitting around and watching movies, there's actually academic work involved and critical analysis writing and those sorts of things. So I'd say that's probably the biggest misconception that I face from from uh, students and from other folks who aren't familiar with film studies as a discipline and what it entails.
2: Yes, there's been a lot of writing.
3: <laughs> yes, a lot of writing, um, a lot of, of film viewing. In most of my classes, there's a, there's a weekly film viewing assignment. So you're watching a lot of movies, you're reading about movies, you're talking about movies in class and outside of class. Yes, there's a lot of writing.
2: How has instruction changed since you first started?
3: Great question. Maybe the thing that's changed the most about the way that I teach film and the way that film is taught generally has to do with the technology associated with teaching film. And believe it or not, when I first started, everything that I showed students was on VHS. Um, that's how long I've been uh, I've been teaching. And then it was, of course, DVD and then Blu-ray. And now everything's streaming, although in my classes when I'm showing clips or having students look at film, I, I, I still show things on, on disc, uh, on Blu-ray. Um, the quality is so much better than streaming and it's actually something physical that you own as opposed to something up there in the cloud that might suddenly disappear. Uh, any day. But I mean, that's probably the way that movies are watched today, the way that movies are distributed today, the streaming, uh, video on demand, all of that. That's probably the biggest change that I've seen over the course of the 20 years or so that I've been teaching. And um, it doesn't necessarily directly impact the way that I teach classes or the way that I talk about film, but it's definitely an interesting wrinkle, especially when it comes to those film viewing assignments I mentioned and how students complete those. The other thing that I might add, and this is something that's maybe a little more depressing, at least from my point of view, is that You know when I first started teaching and certainly when I was in college when I was in high school I think movies occupied a much more central place in American culture than they do today. You know when I when I first started teaching it wasn't difficult to convince students to enroll in a film class because most students watch movies and love movies. I've noticed over the last 10 or 15 years that it's not that students don't like movies anymore, it's just that maybe they don't really watch them that much anymore. They're more interested in the internet and social media, video games and those sorts of things. So they're not really all that familiar with film. Um, they don't really have any special feelings for for film or about film. And so I find that I can no longer take it for granted. You know, when a student signs up for my class, that they're signing up for the class because they like movies or love movies. Um, Sometimes they're very neutral about them. Um, Sometimes I even have students in my classes who don't really care for movies. And so obviously, you know, that's more of a challenge than it was when I started where I could, like I said, I could pretty much take it for granted that, that most students in the classes that I taught really, really liked movies. Um, so my colleagues used to be jealous of me because you know they would have to work harder to convince students that you know 18th century British literature was interesting and worthy of study, whereas I didn't have to do that. My classes sort of sold themselves. And I'm finding that that's not necessarily the case anymore.
2: What is one thing you would like to tell a, a prospective student about your college?
3: Well, the thing that I would tell a prospective student and have been telling prospective students about the Film and Media Arts program in particular is that it's absolutely unique in terms of the way it balances film production and film studies. Most schools, certainly in the mid-Atlantic region, when you uh, enroll and and you declare a major in film, make you choose whether you want to focus on film production and movie making or whether you want to focus on film studies and movie analysis. And I think that's a sort of a wrong-headed approach to teaching film and media arts, because in my mind, in order to be a great director, you need to know a lot about how to make a movie, the nuts and bolts, the hands-on stuff, how to use a camera, how to edit, how to score, that sort of thing. But you also need to have a knowledge about film history. Uh, You need to have a knowledge of different genres, the work of different directors of, of film narrative and how film narrative works in relation to film form. If you don't have that, you might know everything there is to know about making a movie, but you have nothing to say, right? On the other hand, if you're a film studies major, you know a lot about film history and film analysis, but you maybe don't know much of anything about how movies are actually made. Uh, And so there's this gap in your knowledge of the art form that you're studying. So with the film and media arts major at York College, we give students the best of both worlds. Um, The major is evenly split between classes on film production uh, and classes on film studies, so you get both. And that's not something you see at a lot of schools, even big famous film schools like NYU and USC and UCLA um, often don't offer that, that kind of balance. So when I'm talking to a prospective student, I really make sure to hammer that point home, um, that we're unique in terms of the program that we offer and the, the curriculum that we offer. The other thing I tell students uh, is that we're also, I think, unique in that we emphasize from day one the importance of practical real world experience. So from the moment uh, we, they arrive, we're talking to them about internships and independent studies. Um, we're getting them ready for a career in film and media when they graduate. And we're talking to them about what their interests are, what they want to specialize in. We're making sure they're taking the classes that are going to help them when they graduate and go out into the workforce. So that pre-professional focus, I think, is an important part of what we do here too. And
2: yeah, what is a piece of advice you would give to seniors graduating in film studies?
3: Well, to, to, to seniors who are maybe starting their senior year uh, or about to start their senior year, I would absolutely recommend pursuing an internship that's going to give them that real world experience that I was just talking about and maybe help them make some connections uh, in, um, their, in their field, the field that they're going to be going into after they graduate. I think anything that they can do to prepare themselves uh, for that first step into the real world is going to be to their, um, to their benefit. But the piece of advice that I would give graduating seniors who are on their way out the door would be not to expect that the very first thing that they're going to do is direct uh, the world's greatest movie. Um, you know, there there is a, a pecking order in the film and media industry, and chances are your first job is going to be as somebody's production assistant, you know, being a gopher, doing things that need to be done. But those early years in your career, when you're sort of working your way up the ladder, are really valuable because you get a kind of behind-the-scenes look at how movies are made, so that when you do step into those roles with maybe more responsibility, when you do direct your first film, you have the knowledge that you need, not just theoretical kind of academic knowledge about filmmaking, but actual knowledge of how movies are made that uh, you have from your time on set. So, I I sometimes try to temper expectations a little bit, you know, that you're maybe not going to jump straight into the director's chair when you step off the graduation stage, that there, there may be a few years of apprenticeship, you know, that you have to that you have to serve, but that the, uh, those years can be really, really valuable and, and give you a foundation for the great work that you're gonna go on to do later in
0: your career.
2: Yeah, unfortunately not everyone can be a Stanley Kubrick right out of-
3: Exactly, right out of college, the gate, yeah. yes. And, and, and a lot of film and media arts majors want to be I- exactly that. And I have no doubt you know that they'll be very successful one day, um, but you do have to pay your dues in this industry, just like in every other uh, industry. And you know, rather than kind of hating every moment of that dues paying, learn as much as you can. Learn as much as you can about every aspect of film production, if that's what you're going into. If you're interested in cinematography, learn everything you can about that. If you're interested in editing, learn everything you can about that. If you're interested in the business side of film and media, producing and that sort of thing, learn everything you can about it. I mean, that's what those early years are for. It's almost like grad school, but it's real world You know, grad school.
2: All right, shifting gears here a little bit uh, to a more fun topic. Uh, What's something you like to do on the weekends?
3: Uh, Mostly spend time with my family. Uh, I'm married, I have two kids, uh, and they're getting older. They're now college age. My son is a uh, is a sophomore uh, at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, so I get to see him in person as much as I would like. Uh, My daughter's a, a senior at Central High who's graduating this year and going off to college next year, so now especially I'm really invested in spending as much time with them as I can before they uh, head off to college, and, and I don't see them uh, as much. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of a yeah, I, I'm kind of a homebody. Uh, I I spend I do spend a lot of time on the weekend watching movies, catching up on things that I've missed, and just hanging out with uh, uh, with my family and uh, with uh, with friends.
2: What is something your students probably don't know about you?
3: Don't know about me. One of my hobbies is that I play guitar. Uh, I play guitar since uh, I was in high school, been in a couple of bands, not in one currently. So if anybody's looking for uh, a a guitarist who may be a little rusty uh, and out of practice, I'm your man.
2: Do you have any film recommendations?
3: Uh, things that I've seen recently, you mean? Oh, uh, yeah. Let's see. Um, I've been catching up on a number of the films nominated for uh, Oscars uh, this year since the Academy Awards ceremony is, um, what, about a month away, three weeks away? And I've seen some good films. Uh, I'd recommend uh, One Night in Miami, uh, which is based on a, a play by Kent Powers. It's directed by Regina King. It's the story of one night uh, that involved the meeting between four very prominent, uh, African-Americans in the 1960s, Muhammad Ali, uh, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and a, uh, a football player whose name is now escaping me. Um, can't think of it off the top of my head, but if you look up the film uh, you can find out. Um, just a really well-written film and one of the things that it's really hard to do with movies that are based on plays is open the play up for the screen and I think Regina King does a really good uh, job of that. So it doesn't feel like it's kind of restricted in terms of setting and you're just, uh, it's like the cinematic equivalent of watching four people talk on stage. Also, I've seen The Sound of Metal uh, with Riz Ahmed, which is a really interesting film uh, about a heavy metal drummer who loses his sense of hearing and has to cope uh, with that. Well worth watching. Got a great uh, couple of great performances at the center of, uh, of that film. And I haven't seen it yet, but I'm looking forward maybe this weekend to seeing um, the movie The Father with uh, Anthony Hopkins, uh, who plays an older man with uh, dementia. Based on what I've heard about the film, uh, the director um, who wrote the play that the movie's based on does a really interesting job of kind of putting the viewer in in the headspace of this character by having multiple actors play the same role, um, switching the you know set design around from shot to shot kind of to give us a sense of the confusion and disorientation that his character experiences. And Nomadland, of course, which has gotten a lot of Oscar love, uh, the Chloe Zhao film, great movie. Uh, Francis McDormand gives a great performance uh, it's also based on a work of literature, speaking of literature and film. Um, this gives you a sense of how many movies that are nominated for Academy Awards every year are often based on works of literature. That's based on a work of nonfiction, and uh, in it, Frances McDormand plays a woman who is laid off from her job in the wake of the 2008 financial uh, crisis and basically um, reinvents her life on the road. She drives a van from place to place, picking up kind of temporary gigs. Economy type um, work, and uh, it's it's a it's a really interesting film. It's also a, a, just a, a beautifully shot movie. Um, so I, I highly recommend all of those.
2: All right, and to wrap things up here, uh, what is one rewarding experience you've had at York College?
3: Uh, I don't know if I can narrow it down to just one. Uh, I mean, obviously the creation of the film and media arts major a few years back was a huge milestone for me. It's something that I've been wanting to do for a long time and uh, that we finally got done uh, with the help of my colleagues over in the uh, what, what used to be the, the uh, mass communications and music and art department, but now is communication and writing. Um, so that was huge. And I, I would say, you know that that was has been a memorable, was a memorable moment in my career. But I, I, you know the reason I keep on doing the job, what keeps me coming back to it is, and what's most rewarding, I think, for me, is just that that moment um, when you can tell that the light bulb has gone off for a student in your class, where they're making connections based on things that they're learning in class, you can sort of see them evolving and growing as a person, and they're thinking about movies but about other things uh as well and it's i mean that's what's really most rewarding i think if you talk to most teachers or most professors that's what they find most rewarding about the job is just uh, teaching but but you know also just getting students to the point where they're sort of making those connections and learning things uh, on their own when they get bitten by that bug that creates an interest in them and whatever and if it's film that's great but if it's something else that's that's fine too. I'm just trying to give them the same kind of enthusiasm for learning that I
2: have. All right, well, we want to thank you for coming on again.
3: Hey, it's been a pleasure.
0: Thanks for having me. All right, our next guest today is film student Dylan Landis. Dylan, thanks for coming on and talking to us.
4: Yeah, no problem.
0: So what first got you interested in your major?
4: I've always liked film and I'm really interested in like the writing side of it. And so when I was originally a film minor, and so when the major became available, I didn't really see any other choice. And then it was an also added bonus that my previous major, um, there was a lot of like crossover areas and classes. So it just kind of lined up.
0: What was your previous major?
4: Uh, it, well, um, I still have it. It's a uh, literary and textual studies, basically English.
2: What do you think your major was going to be like? And did it live up to your expectations?
4: Um. So when... Uh, I was originally told about the major, I was told that it was going to be a cross between like the film theory side of film and cinema, and then the film production side. And so far, it's pretty much lived up to that. And it's been pretty interesting and fun.
0: Probably one of the biggest questions that English majors get, and I'm sure you probably get this a lot too, is uh, what, what do you think you want to do with your degree after you graduate?
4: So combining kind of both majors, my main focus and like, not focus, but my main dream would be to be like a screenwriter of some kind, whether it be film or television. Um, I've always liked writing. And so in between the time of now or after I graduate to when I get to be a screenwriter, there's too many, there's, there's so many jobs in between that you don't really know until you're in the major. So,
2: What drew you to YCP?
4: So it's kind of two things that drew me. Uh, One, I've had several family members who have attended YCP and they've spoken only like good things about it. And then the other, um, it was kind of by chance or fate. I originally went to HACC and I was looking at the transfer degrees uh, to go somewhere else after I graduated from there. And York College was the only school that really lined up with what I had already had taken. So it was just kind of fate, I guess that got me there too. Do you live on campus or are you a commuter? I'm a commuter. Commuter's <laughs> unite.
2: Uh, what What is your favorite thing about college life?
4: Honestly, um, this might sound a little cheesy, but it's kind of the relationships I've gotten to build. With the fact that uh, YCP is kind of um, a school that gives out like small class sizes, it has encouraged me to like form close relationships with my fellow classmates and then also the students that are in the film major as well because we're like on the same track. So we have a lot of the same classes. And so we see each other a lot. So it's helped me strengthen those relationships.
0: Those relationships that you have with um, other people here at school, are those from clubs and activities or just meeting people in class?
4: So it's kind of 50 50. So right now, I'm actually the uh, president of the film and media society at uh, your college of Pennsylvania. We meet every Monday at 430. That's a little shameless plug there. But hey, um, and if you want to find out any more information about that, you go to YCP FAMS on Instagram, all information's there. And then also I'm um, currently an initiate uh, for the Phi Sigma Pi Honors Fraternity, and that's gotten me relationships that I wouldn't normally have in my academic circle. Like I've met a lot of nursing majors and finance majors.
2: Yeah. Shout out to FAMS. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is something you like to do in your free time?
4: Uh, as I said before, when talking about the um, reason why I went with the film major, I've enjoy I really enjoy writing. so I do that. I have several notebooks of ideas that I've jotted down and it seems like I have nothing fin- fully finished yet because when I'm writing one idea another one pops in my head. and so I have to quickly write that one down before I forget it. And then I also like watching uh, just TV and movies for like an entertainment purpose rather than academic.
0: I, I can definitely relate to, you know, one idea turns into six others and you never really get any of them yeah. finished. What do you think people say about uh, film majors? And do you think that those are accurate representations of you guys?
4: I mean, honestly, I really don't follow what people say about the major. I mean, going off of what's said in like films and mo- or films and television shows, they kind of make it seem like they're like know-it-alls or like drain the fun out of watching a film. And, I mean, I don't think that's the case, at least for me, because I'm able to turn off my, like, critical input when watching a film just for entertainment purposes. So, like, I'm not sitting there saying, oh, that's that, and this is that, and, oh, Cinema Verde and all that stuff. So, I just sit there and watch.
2: Yeah, no one likes a film snob during a film. Yeah. (laughs) What is one thing you
4: learned during your time on campus? So, uh, before entering the film major, I wasn't really fond of subtitled films. But now after like watching like several of them in my classes, I've gained a better appreciation for them and actually have added a couple of them to my top 10 list of films to watch.
0: What's something that you would tell a high schooler who's looking to study film?
4: Uh, I would tell them like, if this is something that you really want to do, then go for it. Don't let yourself or anyone talk yourself out of doing it. Um, And like finding a job that you actually would love Doing eventually um i only say that because i originally went to culinary school after high school and i've discovered i discovered that that wasn't really my like core passion and so yeah but i kind of got like felt like rushed into going to school after high school That was the first thing that popped up and i was just like okay i'll do that and so maybe think about what you're gonna do what you want to do for a second and then do it
2: yeah i think a lot of us felt rushed to go to college immediately after high school uh so one last question is a fun one what's your favorite movie
4: so um, I get this question a lot as a film major and it's kind of hard to answer sometimes, but my all-time favorite film is Clue, the movie based off the board game. Um, a lot of people don't know what that is, but it's a 1985, 86 film with Tim Curry in it. And I like it because it just makes me laugh every time I watch it. And I pick up on things I didn't see the first time watching it. And at this point I probably watched it like a hundred times. And then on top of that, I also like anything like horror related Halloween nightmare on elm street things like that and then as for suggestions i just recently watched a movie called sound of metal and it was very interesting it's on amazon prime right now because it's an amazon original film it's the way that it handles its sound is very intriguing and i know it's been nominated for several oscars including best picture and i think sound editing so if you haven't watched it i would recommend going and watching it all right we want to thank you for coming on and talking to us today dylan no problem my pleasure
0: All right, we want to thank all of our guests for coming on and talking to us today. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope you tune in next week where we sit down and interview professors and students in the History and Political Science Department. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next week.